0: The number one thing we hear from parents calling us to inquire about educational therapy is how they want to tap into their kids' potential. This is what educational therapy is all about. We work to maximize a learner's input and output in a way that works best for them. Over the course of the last 91 episodes, we have talked about potential of our learners. Every strategy we share or on our coaching call or interview we share is all about how to tap into a learner's potential. Today, is different. Today, we want to talk about the other side of it. We want to talk about what potential really means, how it impacts parents, and how it really impacts our learners. We also share how we, as educational therapists, think about potential. If you are new here, welcome. We are two educational therapists, business owners, and besties in the greater LA area. We invite you to scroll back in your podcast app or check out episodes through our website, LearnSmarterPodcast.com. Let's dig in.
1: You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Hope you're enjoying our conversation about being plagued by the burden of potential. But we wanted to drop in here really quick and let you know about some of the ways that you can work with us. So the first way that you can work with us is that both of our practices offer virtual sessions. So if you are interested in your learner working either with Steph or myself or one of the fabulous people that work in our group practices be sure to click on our website links which you can find in the show notes. And there are three other ways that you can work with us and the best way to connect about all three ways is by emailing us at rachel and staff@lordsmurderpodcast.com. The first is a VIP day and we've actually been we've actually been doing these for a while. But if you're interested in spending one-on-two time with us, reach out to us to learn about this really intimate and awesome experience that we offer. The next way you can work with us is with one-on-two or one-on-one coaching. So you can either coach with Steph or you can coach with me, I'm Rachel, or you can coach with both of us. And the final way that you can work with us is we are excited to announce Learn Smarter Pro. Learn Smarter Pro is our six-week program for professionals where there will be professional and individualized support, behind-the-scenes business trainings, group coaching, and more. We will be doing trainings in this group that will never be offered on the podcast. So if you're interested, we are currently accepting applications for Learn Smarter Pro now. The group will be kept small by design, so if you're interested, reach out to us and we'll send you more details in the application. We will only be accepting applications for the next few weeks, so email us at Rachel and Steph at LearnSmarterPodcast.com. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 92 of Learn Smarter, the educational therapy podcast. I'm Rachel Cap, And I'm Stephanie Pitts. Steph, how are things going? You've been feeling a little
0: sick this week. I'm having some allergies and things hasn't been feeling great but
1: I'm powering through guys a hero amongst men stuff <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm very excited because in less than an hour hopefully the drapes will go up in my new bedroom. Yeah. And we won't have the paper ones <laughs> that filter the sun. Yeah. We're just hoping we have all the right pieces and that everything will work properly cuz I don't want to have to live like this anymore, guys. Fair. All right, Steph. So this was your episode idea. Brilliant. Brilliant episode idea.
0: Thank you. But I have to say that I did get this original idea from a professional that had a client that talked about the burden of potential. Really? Uh Uh-huh. And it just sort of stuck with me. And Mm -hmm. then I thought, we have to do an episode about this. It was with a clinical psychologist, actually. And it was an older student who expressed a lot of anguish about the burden of potential. Hmm. And it's so true, which is why I thought, yeah, we have to talk about this. Genius. Because it's coming up everywhere. Yep. Yeah.
1: So when we're talking about potential, we're talking about the opportunity that the adults see Mm -hmm. for the child for the learner. And potential is so subjective. Oftentimes ego Mm -hmm. is very much wrapped into it and potential is not finite. It ebbs and it flows. There's so many layers of the disappointment around potential, the pride when potential is met, the ego of the parent being so directly linked to their child meeting their potential The potential that the parent has set out. So, we're going to talk about it in a couple different ways. We're going to talk about it from the perspective of the parent, from the perspective of the student, and from our perspective as the educational therapist, partnering with everybody on the team.
0: Mm -hmm. So, the parent perspective whose responsibility is it? When learners are young, parents own this responsibility, right? Because when the kids are younger, you as the parent are controlling the narrative of their day, of when they can start their homework, what the homework looks like, what they're doing after school. When
1: mealtime is. Exactly. And when we're talking about whose responsibility is it, what we mean is whose responsibility is it to maximize potential?
0: Right. So their job is to, like, as a parent, your job is to create opportunities for your kids to learn, thrive, explore, and interest and look at the world from that perspective, right? But just like we talked about in Manager versus Consultant, and we'll link that episode in the show notes,
1: as kids get older, it shifts. So let's talk about what that idea is, just in case people haven't listened to that episode when we've linked it. But the idea is that when kids are young, the parents are the managers of their life. They manage their time. They manage their interactions. They manage their friendships. They manage their learning. And they manage potential. As students get older, the appropriate shift occurs where the parent moves from being the manager to being the consultant. And this is where things with potential get really, really challenging.
0: Yeah. So it gets really challenging because the responsibility of potential shifts from the parent now to the kid. So hopefully at this point you have taught your kid what potential, what it means and what it doesn't
1: mean, right? And what the expectations are.
0: Exactly. So it's really important when you're setting these expectations, especially if your student has a learning disability, has ADHD. Is neurotypical or has a really high IQ and you happen to know that, managing those expectations and meeting their kids where they're at. Mm -hmm. So it's important to know how are you defining this potential and then how are you reacting to it if it's met or not met. I just want to add in here, since we talked about egos, remember that your child isn't you and you can't prevent the same lessons you needed to learn it's very easy to sit there and say, I had to learn it the hard way. I don't want my child to learn it the hard way, but they might have to.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Things might not come as easily to your child as they did for you. Oftentimes we've talked about how one parent really identifies with the student coming into our practices and one parent does not. Mm -hmm. And also remembering that your child is independent of you and not a reflection of you personally if they do not succeed how you envisioned it looking
1: when we are coaching parents in our practices about managing their own egos around their kids, obviously it's a very delicate subject and this is why it is essential that you develop relationships with the parents of the kids that you're working with that are based on trust and understanding and empathy and compassion. Mm -hmm. But when you're having this conversation around ego it's a nice trick to flip it on, yes, they may be struggling here, but look at how amazing they are in this zone, which you were never like that. That mm-hmm. wasn't your thing. I'm not the most artistic person on the planet, right, Steph? Like I'm very first consist. Yeah. I can draw, but only if someone like shows me this is what you do, step one kind of thing, right? Yeah, I can't do it either. Yeah, it's very hard for me. But I could foresee me having a very artistic kid because look at who I'm married to.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: Yeah. It's about accepting the child that was given to you. And I'm sure it'll be challenging to see a kid who's not maybe being successful in the ways that I was successful. Mm -hmm. So the parent perspective really matters. And we want to be careful when we are addressing this with parents, but that's why your relationship with the parents is so important. It really is. It really is.
0: So what about the student's perspective?
1: So when kids are younger and they're letting their parents manage, they're not seeking out potential in the way, and there's not really necessarily even a conversation about it. Mm -hmm. It's, oh, you're interested in playing an instrument? Let me find you a t-shirt. Yeah. Right? It's more about creating those opportunities. As students get older... And the expectations shift, and the expectations in that family are that the student's gonna be an independent and autonomous learner. They're gonna thrive, they're gonna self advocate, they're going to turn their homework in on time, they're gonna study for tests. And that student isn't doing it, they are very aware of the disappointment. And it's not to say that there shouldn't be disappointment because expectations matter. Yeah. But when a parent and a student do not have the same definition, For potential and success, that's where a ton of conflict emerges. Mm -hmm. We also should take a minute and talk about when a student gets the message that trying their best isn't good enough. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, when we talk about kids coming into our practices, there's a very clear difference between the kids who still want to be there and are excited and want to learn and want to learn how to do things better. The kids who have a growth mindset about educational therapy versus the kids who are being dragged there, Mm -hmm. who have a very fixed mindset about who they are as a student. And we are always telling our kids, just do your best, just do your best. A lot of these kids have been trying their best for years. Yeah. And the message they receive is it isn't enough.
0: Just think about if something in your life where you hit your head against the wall constantly trying to do it, And it's never good enough. It's never what you wanted it to look like, what you wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. Think about your student and how living a life in that framework of it's not good enough. Your potential is never being reached. You're not doing everything you can. Why aren't you fill in the blank? There's going to be exceptions, right? There's some kids that don't want to. School's not their thing. But what if they are trying their best?
1: Exactly. And it's almost like picking out a scab. And what happens, it becomes harder and harder and harder as you pick out that scab. And then when we come in as the educational therapist, first of all, help the picking to stop. Yeah. We have to help that scab heal. Yeah. That's why it takes so much time with a kid who's been shut off from learning. Yeah. So Steph, what's the educational therapy perspective?
0: We're not emotionally involved like a parent. So having the practitioner in your life, or you, if you are the practitioner, having the adults in the situation reframe their idea of potential. And let's take that word out of our vocabulary, because potential is so subjective.
1: And it doesn't celebrate the victories at all. Mm -mm.
0: We've talked about this before, but we often spend time getting parents to give their students, if they're older, some space and let them... Learn to rise.
1: Fail and rise, yes.
0: Yeah. And we often work with making sure and trying to create a growth mindset for our students and for the parents. And we look at it reminding the parents that we teach how to recover from a fall. Mm -hmm. It's really important to know because you're going to have it all throughout your life. How do you recover? And for us, it's really hard to see students who try so hard and never get the recognition for the effort rather than the end result, meaning their grades.
1: We talked about picking progress over perfection recently, and we'll also link that episode in the show notes as well. So Smarties, it is a really important reflection exercise that we as the practitioners, we examine what are the expectations, what are the messages we're sending about success and potential. Mm -hmm. And it's an important exercise that we do in conjunction with our family. So sometimes when we're having check-in calls with current clients, parents, we walk through this exercise of tell me three ways your child is killing it at life right now. Mm Mm-hmm especially if the parent needs this reminder, then we can go into talking about how we're moving towards goals and what strategies we've implemented and the progress that we've seen within the educational therapy. But sometimes starting with the wins and why their kid is awesome changes the whole dynamic of the conversation. Mm -hmm. Because your kid is awesome. Yeah. And they're going to be an awesome adult.
0: Yeah. It just might look differently. So... I really, really hope that this episode is something that you, as a practitioner or a parent, take in because let's try to not have our students be plagued by the burden of potential because it does
1: not feel good. And it doesn't serve them. It doesn't. So Smarties, have a great week. Have a great week.